Jesse, welcome to the Bitcoin Source, a Bitcoin conversation. Can we start things off by having you introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. I'm uh, Jesse Cervantes, or uh, on Twitter, Bitcoin Jesse, and uh, I'm uh, I run the website DrOrangePill.com, and I'm a co-founding member of the Harlem Bitcoin community. And you know, I like to make uh, web videos, and uh, I guess that's why I'm here. So thanks for having me, Dolly. This is really awesome. Thank you for that introduction, Jesse, and. Of course, you know, Dr. Orange Pill, I've watched tons of your content. Um, shout out to my brother, Mr. G. I've always found his story super interesting and captivating. And to start things off, I really want to know, Jesse, you know, where did you start in your Bitcoin journey? You know, whether it was people, courses, or even just like educational platforms that might have helped you to become Orange Pill. So could you kind of give a background on like your history in Bitcoin and how you got started? Sure. Um, I started, uh, you know, well, so I first heard about it from a, a former roommate and, uh, I was visiting, we weren't roommates anymore. I went to visit him. He was like a day trader kind of guy. And, uh, I should say that I had never at that point in my life ever traded a stock or, or anything, you know, I, I didn't know anything about anything, but he would always say like Apple Tesla, Apple Tesla. And one day he says, Apple Tesla, Bitcoin. And, uh, I said, what's Bitcoin? And he goes, Oh, magic internet money. I said, well, what do you? What do you do with it? He said, oh, you know, people buy things on the internet. I said, what do they buy? Oh, you know, uh, video games and guns and drugs. I said, what? Uh, this is back when, uh, you know, it was still uh, the, the Silk Road. So I didn't think much of it. It was just, I just didn't think much of it. And then he, about a year later, I saw him again. He goes, oh yeah, Bitcoin. I said, what's Bitcoin? Oh, magic internet money. I said, oh yeah, that thing where they, they buy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, how much is it? Uh, it's like 500 bucks. And I thought to myself, I'm going to buy, spend $500 on some magic internet money. That's crazy. So, but that was like the primer. So it was just hearing it from a friend. And, and I'm, I'm mentioning that specifically because of probably some of the stuff we're going to talk about later. So then like um, probably six, eight months later after that, maybe a year later, I started seeing it on MSNBC, started actually seeing it on the news. This is in 20, late 2017 when it was going to 1,000, then 2, then 5, then 10. And then when it finally hit 20, I said, wait, hold on. What? What is this thing? And that's when I did the actual real first step, which was where I really get most of my information, YouTube. So I went to YouTube and I typed in, what is Bitcoin? And that was when I started my rabbit hole journey. And it, it was really like, it is very much in order. It is like what everybody says, you go, you kind of go crazy. I get, I got a little bit religious zealotry about it over time. You know, I kind of, I made a lot of silly mistakes, but the main thing that happened was in that first eight months, it went from like, you know, 20,000 ish to like 3,500. And it was a really difficult and interesting, hard time for me to process because I didn't know what was going on. I'd never done or traded or bought or anything. I, and so I had to buckle down. That was when I really had to learn, like, is this real? Or am I just like gambling? You know, like, what am I doing? And why am I doing this? And uh, so then I, that was when I really started reading the books. And for me, I guess my favorite book is uh, Hard Money Can't Fuck With. I think that's the easiest one to sort of digest. After that, uh, Inventing Bitcoin, the one you can get for free on Swan. And so, and, and I guess my, one of my favorite podcasts that I still like to watch on YouTube is the TIP, the Investor's Podcast, with Preston Pish as, as the main host usually. And the very first one he did was with Robert Breedlove. And it was for, uh, I think it was called uh, Misconceptions About Bitcoin. And I send that to people a lot. Actually, I have that on my website. I, I, I have links to, to a lot of stuff on my website. And I, and I use that too. So I, I use my website to like sort of 
if people go there, they have other places to go to and also find information. And I make some videos myself, you know, just reprocessing information I got. I used to be a school teacher, so I try to like break things down as easy as possible. So I guess my main, uh, my main orange pilling resources are YouTube, literature, and, uh, and, and that's about, and you know, stuff like what you're doing actually. Yeah. I'll do. I, I, I like watching your podcast. I like watching anything that has this associated with Bitcoin. It's a lot of fun. Thank, thank you, Jesse, for that. You know, I'm humbled and I'm honored that, you know, you watch my show and you kind of, um, evangelize around this Bitcoin ecosystem. And, um, there was a couple points there that I wanted to highlight, which was the books and just the courses of just having this like circular social currency where, um, inside of our communities, you know, Bitcoin is not that ubiquitous yet. And it's just, it takes that one spark of being curious or interested in something, going on the internet, finding out about it. And then next thing you know, you're like falling into this rabbit hole where um, you want to buy every book. You want to tell as many family members as possible about Bitcoin. And that kind of leads to my next question, which is, you know, the meetup organization that you have with, you know, fellows such as John Logan, um, Harlem Bitcoin. And I kind of wanted to hear your take on like what inspired you to actually start Harlem Bitcoin in New York City. Sure. Well, um, you know, I, I live in New York City. And what's kind of shocking to me is that, you know, everybody in New York City is like they mostly we call ourselves progressives. In fact, one big mistake we make that I think is that Bitcoin is progressive and, and we don't seem to understand that. The progressive movement doesn't get it. And, and a lot of people on the street don't really understand it. And the people here in Harlem, in my neighborhood, people like me that just work regular jobs and, and don't have a lot of money and don't have a lot of uh, experience with, with finance and all that kind of stuff. This Bitcoin's a thing that's going to help us out the most. And if we get in earlier and can understand it, it's going to be most beneficial to the people who need it most if they get in. So, uh, you know, I, I started just meeting people in my neighborhood. I met um, Shakib over at the restaurant. He owns the restaurant uh, Safari down the street on 116th Street. I met uh, Dan, who's another co-founding member, just walking dogs. And we started chatting and, uh, you know, Bitcoin came up. Same thing with uh, Shakib. I was just in the restaurant, probably checking price. And he looked over my shoulder and started the conversation. And then, uh, you know, and then we met John and the four of us got together and we decided, you know, why don't we start doing some meetups here in Harlem and see if we can just get people, regular people, not necessarily Bitcoiners, but like people just on the street, like anybody who's curious. So we made up some posters, we set up a date and we just started doing it at the restaurant. And it's been really nice. You know, we just had our, basically our one year anniversary. It's been a year. Uh, this year, I just, in the, it, we're just finalizing to become a nonprofit. And the reason we decided to do that was because actually a lot of uh, companies approached us and, and offered us some money, but we didn't know how to handle that or what to do with it or, you know, what that. So we decided to set up a nonprofit and, and now we can use, when we're ready, we can like go to a restaurant, we can go to a coffee shop and anybody who wants to come and join us, you know, we, we, we can buy them a coffee, right? And then we can do the class. And so the coffee shop's happy. They get, they make some money from selling stuff. We can have people get people in the door and then we can have, you know, be able to raise some funds to be able to do those kind of things. So, the main thing about Harlem Bitcoin, our main goals are um, financial inclusion, education, and a circular Bitcoin economy. So we push really hard to get people onto Lightning if we can. We, get, we load them up with like Wallet of Satoshi or something like that. We'll send them a thousand or a few thousand sats. Or we'll, you know, we'll orange pill people in the coffee shop. You know, we buy the coffee. We'll say, hey, we'll tip you in Bitcoin if you get this app or with our waiters. And we do like 
semi-monthly meetups um, here in Harlem, and we just put up posters and we put out uh, sort of generalized advertisements. I would say the one thing, uh, the one thing we have going for us is that people like the idea and like the name and everything. And we actually get a lot of Bitcoiners that show up, and it's really nice. And uh, what we really want on our next sort of our next sort of uh, level of functioning is to get more like noobs, you know, to really get brand uh, more brand new people that don't know anything about Bitcoin. We actually even went to the um, the uh, food bank and did a did a court class over there. So and and then what what the meetups are is like basically about thirty minutes. We do like three ten minute quick sort of lectures. Mine are usually like real basic stuff. Just what is Bitcoin essentially. And then, uh, and then Dan will usually do one, maybe a little bit about security, and and uh, John will do one a little bit more about uh, sort of like the aspirational side of of Bitcoin and and how it can raise and lift communities and everything. And then, of course, the circular Bitcoin economy. The idea is like we want to turn One Sixteenth Street into Bitcoin Boulevard. You know, that's our that's our dream, and just have all the stores, you know, just taking Bitcoin, and we can just. Just like Noster, basically, you know, we want to build Noster here in Harlem. And so that's our main goal. Our main goal really is to get new people into Bitcoin it, by any means necessary. And so we just talk about it. We do the meetups. I make the videos, you know, and, and just like what you're doing, you know, same kind of thing. Bitcoin inspires you, inspires me, inspires the people around me. And, and I'm really happy to have been lucky enough to meet these guys, you know, um, that are that are sort of co working on this with me and, and the community is growing like mr g he wasn't one of the original members but he came like by the second meeting and he's just been like really involved and he's great you know and, you know he's awesome yeah mr g is one of my favorite people in bitcoin and he's uh he's a really smart guy and you know his business model is very different very unique you know anytime you're talking about renewable stuff recycling stuff like that's the guy that you definitely need to go to and jesse there were some things you said um that I really wanted to expound on, which was, you know, just this whole model of being in New York City, you know, the rotten apple, the place where all the money is being made, you have the five boroughs. And I think that having your meetup in Manhattan and Harlem is just super important because that's the borough that makes, you know, that's where the stock exchange is, that's where Wall Street is. And I just think that, I remember John was telling me when we had conversations about because of regulation, because of you know, the stringent laws that they have in New York City, it's kind of difficult to get people to onboard into Bitcoin because, of course, it kind of disrupts the financial business model that we've been enduring for these several centuries now. And I think it's beautiful that you guys have really stuck your necks out there to really orange pill people. And, you know, I really wonder, like, how is the the understanding of New Yorkers when it comes to Bitcoin? Like, are regulations kind of easing up? Or are you still dealing with a lot of the issues? Like I know, for example, a lot of the digital wallets are not available in New York City. I'm not sure if Strike is available yet, but that really puts a damper on large amounts of people adopting this cryptocurrency that will not only change their lives generationally, but it can actually help build communities. You talk about Bitcoin Boulevard, and I'm fully on board with that. And, you know, I'm not too far away from New York City, so I definitely plan on coming to a meetup at some point. Um, and I just think that, New York City, if they can get on board with Bitcoin and they can really get people to understand what this asset is about, I think that that will send waves across the country. So I just wanted to thank you here on air um, for your effortless work and kind of getting people to really be involved in Bitcoin and understand the importance of it in Harlem, which is kind of like the mecca for Latinos, African-Americans in New York City. So starting there is huge and super important. 
Thanks a lot, Daldu. I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. And in fact, Mr. G is actually starting to set one up in uh, in the Bronx. Um, so at a, at a YMCA that, that we're probably going to be doing yeah. starting in the summer. And uh, and John actually lives in Queens, uh, so he's setting one up in Queens. And we're going to be sort of expanding this year. So that's going to be really really nice. And uh, yeah, exactly what you say. It's it's sort of like what I was saying earlier too. It's 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 interesting. It's, it's sort of look. It's still America. And the fact is, it doesn't matter where you live. You don't get much uh, financial education in, in the public schools or in, in the normal in normal life. So, in a sense, I don't want to even say New York. You know, it's not like we're more sophisticated financially. You know, I think everybody's still just living their life. And so, overall, the 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 overall viewpoint that I see on the street is very is probably very similar to where it is almost anywhere else in America. I will say that it seems like the Latin and African-American communities are a little bit faster to pick up on it or be willing to listen to it because they've been screwed over so much for so much longer, so much harder. That it's like, sure, I'll listen to anything. Like, you, <laughs> let's give it a shot. Sure. So yeah. it's an advantage. It actually is an advantage that way. There's an irony, too, that, um, you know, progressives supposedly are college educated. We are. I mean, I'm, I'm college educated. I have a master's degree, but I still never learned anything about the only thing I learned about money, I learned on my own. I mean, just since learning about Bitcoin. And it's like a, it's like a fish not realizing you're, you're swimming in water because you just don't even, you don't even, it's just dollars and, and cash is, is just like the thing. It's, the idea of, of anything else, even being a money in the United States is like almost as foreign as anything, you know, as, as, as some kind of crazy food like that they eat somewhere that, that we're not used to, you know, it's just, so um, I guess the point is uh, New York. So the bit license and the, and the, I have a little bit of mixed feelings about bit license actually after what happened last year, I was, cause we actually on our website initially had, we were sort of against, we were, we had it posted like repeal the bit license. That was a big thing. But after what happened last year, I realized, you know, if, if, it, if it weren't for the bit license, we would have had Nexo here. We would have had FTX here. We would have had, you know, Three arrows here. We, all that stuff would have been here in New York. No New Yorkers got got not. Now we still had Gemini, and in fact, I even got screwed over by Gemini. So you're gonna don't leave it on exchange. <laughs> Do not leave your Bitcoin on an exchange. Do not try to get a yield, you, or you will learn the hard way. But um, anyway, the the bit license makes it so that, for example, I couldn't pay. I couldn't set up my website to take Bitcoin. I, I actually did. I set up through Repago now, which is a, a plugin app that actually works really great so if anybody has a website and they want to accept bitcoin repago is really good but aside from that you know we don't have strike we have a cash app but you can't use lightning with cash app uh, you can only do on chain you can still send it you know and you can still and even dan my friend he gets part of his paycheck put in the bitcoin through cash app here in new york city so you still can do some things it's just really, really tight. I mean, the only places you can go, basic, I mean, there's no exchanges really except for Coinbase and Gemini. At this point, I won't touch Gemini, so I'm kind of stuck, like, Coinbase is it. And there's, there's really no other options. And there's, um, so we're a little bit constricted, especially with Strike, which would be so useful here, you know, especially because you could just pay anybody in Bitcoin and they could receive it however they wanted to. So I really hope that that gets taken care of. I don't know that they're going to, I'm starting to, I become less and less sure they're going to repeal the bit license, especially with all this other stuff that's been going on in the last year. And I saw that California is actually trying to pick up something very similar to the bit license. And again, it's like these so-called progressive states 
that seem to be so far in the pocket of the bankers. But it is still it is still New York City. It's still New York State. We're still run financially by the banking banking you know conglomerate in a lot of ways. They have a lot of power, and they're going to kind of get their way. So you know we'll we'll kind of just see what happens with that. You know, just with any regulation, they, these guys are waiting back. They're trying to see what um, the CFTC is going to do, what Gary Gensler is going to do, what the IRS is going to do. And I think that it's just like when they talk about um, Hong Kong possibly opening up their country or their district to um, having investors buy into Bitcoin. People don't understand that there's so much untapped um, monetary energy there that once it's approved, it's going to just it, I mean, the price is going to go insane. Same thing with New York. There's so many Latinos, there's so many African-Americans and just people from all backgrounds that are just hungry to find an option out and to have a different a different approach than just, you know, buying into the stock market or, you know, trying to get yield on Kraken and Gemini and some of these exchanges. When they get burnt, you talk about disruptive technology. And I feel like comedy is something that you love, of course. And I think comedy is one of those things like, you know, Richard Pryor is one of my favorite comedians of all time. And I think that comedy has been like the disruptive thing in our society that transcends gender lines, political lines, social lines. And putting that into Bitcoin is so genius because Bitcoin is disruptive. Right. So I want to talk to you about like your new venture, you know, Bitcoin improv or Bitprov better yet. And like, you know, do you have any experience in comedy and kind of like what got you um, motivated and inspired to do that? Sure. Um, yeah, I love comedy. I've always loved comedy. I, I, even, I worked at a couple stand-up clubs in New York City um, years ago. I, I worked at Caroline's Comedy Club. I worked at the, the Comedy Cellar as a waiter. And uh, I, I actually did do stand-up a few times, you know, at some point, because it was like a bucket list item. I just, I've always loved it so much. And I love all these old comedians. And I used to watch the Evening at the Improv as a show uh, on, used to be called a and I, I don't even know if A&E still exists, but you know, it would come on at night when I was a little kid, and I and I just loved watching it, uh, where they would just be you know, in front of the brick wall. And so I thought, you know, wouldn't it be kind of fun if, if if we pretended to be old comics doing jokes about Bitcoin in their style? So, you know, the thing about the bit problem, I guess it's not, I wouldn't call it a, for educational and informational <laughs> purposes. It's it's really just silly. It's just silly. But it's like you said, Dado, it's the gateway in a way. If you can just sit back and, and tell a joke and just be silly and and it, it doesn't feel like a, like you're being an affront. It's just like you're just watching something for a goof. But it gets the word or the idea that people are built. Like there's more to Bitcoin than just like this scientific. Of course, that's what it really is. Scientific, mathematically code, hard, coded hard money that's like here to save the world in a lot of ways. But but you just this other side of it where there's just like craziness and silly. And actually, there's a lot of wild contradictions inside of the space in the Bitcoin sphere and the whole crypto sphere. There's so many like stuff, a lot of pain <laughs> and you can, and that's where comedy comes from. So it's just like, I, I just wanted to make something that like people that were in the Bitcoin could maybe say, Oh, you know, I can relate to that because it's so silly or I've been through that, you know, getting wrecked or whatever for people that have no experience with Bitcoin at all. It's just like, they're just seeing that they're, Oh, the, wow, there's more, weird Bitcoin stuff going on, you know, what? and it just kind of gets into the zeitgeist. Then on the side of that, I do make some like educational videos about things like today's, today is Satoshi Nakamoto's birthday, um, April 5th when we're, when we're shooting this. So I, to this morning, I made like a video about like a one minute explainer, like why, why, why did he pick April 5th? Why 1975? What's this all about? And so, you know, it's sort of like, 
you teeter back and forth. The memes are so much fun. You know, you love the, the Bitcoin couple. They're great. You know, I just I love to laugh. I want to be able to let other people laugh. I hope the videos are good fun for Bitcoiners or, or even crypto people. And, uh, <laughs> and and just for normal people, noobs and, and normies that, that can just be like, oh, you know, even if they, they either get it or they don't get it. But there's like, what is this like Bitcoin thing? Uh, you know, I'm going to look in this a little bit further. Anything that gets in the zeitgeist is good. To me, um, you know, to that point, there was there's a female um, comedian that you have with you and she has like this, like Elena Glazer kind of vibe. Like, I don't know if you know who uh, Glazer is, but like she kind of reminds me of her so much, like the crazy hair and like the quirkiness. And I just, you know, me being like, you know, listening to like all the comedians from back in the days when I saw a couple of the episodes, I was like, I think Jesse has something here. Like if you can get that to be citywide or you can start to go to these little like backdoor clubs and start just having like bitcoin jokes having improv based around bitcoin because bitcoin is such a paradigm shift that it's be it's transcending beyond just a financial tool at this point it's becoming like a part of our lifestyle and i think that comedy like you know i i love that when people would really rally behind this so much more and like i definitely support it any way that i can support and help i'm, I'm on board because i really see the upward potential with something like this, because, you know, we're living in some scary times right now. People are not happy. And I think that comedy really helps people to really open up their, their, their love and their understanding for just being human and being vulnerable and just talking about the tough topics that people take so seriously, whether it's politics, sports, entertainment, um, we're just living in a place right now where um, we need more laughter and I think people like yourself and the uh, female that you have working with you is just it's going to open the doors. And I hope more comedians actually start to onboard into this improv world and really support your movement. Dadu, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that. And that female I've working with me is my wife. So, yeah, oh, it is. she's great. Yeah. And okay. she she did stand up. She did stand up for a couple of years. She used to run a show right down the street here in Harlem on 116th Street. And uh so she's she's more comfortable in front of the camera actually in doing that than yeah. I am, and uh, so I, I I watch hers and I like them so much better than mine. <laughs> I can't tell if it's because she's better or just because uh, you know I'm self have self deprecation, but um yeah she's great she's a lot of fun and she'll love to hear that. I'm, I'm definitely gonna make sure she gets to hear this part of the interview, but um yeah man it, it it's really important to be able to laugh at yourself and to be able to laugh at, at sort of the stuff all the, the stuff that can happen in this space that can be unpleasant or uncomfortable to talk about or think about or to even acknowledge and that's what comedy's for you know I, I right now the you know we've only done like five four four or five that i've put out i think and uh, so i got about 15 of them done pro i'm definitely going to keep making more and keep doing like the educational ones and, and just sort of intersperse them and just see what happens i'm going to keep experimenting i'm kind of approaching it like real stand-up i'm going to just do the jokes. Some will work. Some won't. Some will be better. Some will be worse. And I'll just evolve. You know, I'll, I'll evolve as a performer, I hope. And the show will kind of, the, 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 whatever it is, will just kind of evolve as it, as it goes. And it's relatively, you know, I, I wanted to make some of those relatively easy in, that, to, to do in my house, you know. So that's the goal. I just, I just it means a lot. You know, I mean, it, it's like you doing this, this podcast. Like, what would you be doing in your life if it weren't for Bitcoin? It just, it inspires you and you want to make things. Like, your thing is that you interview people that are not, like, the normal people that get interviewed on every other podcast, right? 
And, and that's sort of my thing too, in a way, like I, even when I'm doing the educational stuff, I, I try not to cover the stuff that I, that's just covered all the time. And with the jokes, right. Cause they're not, I'm not there to educate. I'm just being silly. Like I just try to do something different, just like what you're doing. And, and that's how this whole, just like what you're saying, it's, it's an ecosystem. It's a whole thing. It's not just the, it's not just the, the monetary network, but it's everything that's built around. It's not just a, a, a monetary energy or a hash rate energy. It's like human energy, interactive energy, and, and the energy of, of all our, our mind and thoughts and, the, and stuff that we put out, just being out there in the world and, and just hammering it into people's heads over time. They start, it just normalized it till it becomes as normal as the internet itself. Just like chat rooms were like a, a weird thing like 20 years ago, you know, or, or you know, all that kind of stuff. It, it's going to be, it's, we're, we are normal. You and me, people like us, Harlem Bitcoin, we're normalizing it. We're normalizing Bitcoin and, and not doing it in a way where we're saying, you know, it's, it's just about the money. It's like, it's about all of it. I think that, you know, people just have to lighten up and really just embrace um, things as they come. And I think that um, laughing comedy, like I said before, is, is definitely the antidote to a lot of the problems we have in our society. And Jesse, I kind of wanted to like talk more about um, Harlem in itself, where um, Harlem has a rich history from jazz to music to entrepreneurship to just even businesses collectively supporting each other and helping each other out. And I know you mentioned like Bitcoin Boulevard, like as far as like the safari restaurant and some of the places that you kind of frequent, like have you seen the businesses in the area? Because I know massive gentrification is going down in Harlem right now. Um, have you seen like people being or businesses better yet being receptive to Bitcoin and like kind of onboarding themselves in this this like kind of committee to really like make Bitcoin be something in their POS systems or, you know, them accepting it, whether it's Cash App or some of these other digital wallets like are, are businesses in the area kind of open to Bitcoin or are you kind of having trouble with that? At the moment, because of the bit license, mostly, honestly, it's uh, with from the business perspective, it's it's less likely to happen right now because there's tax implications. There's a, there's a lot of things that, that a business has to worry about when they're accepting money in Bitcoin. Um, what Shakib does, my my friend who runs Safari, he will accept Bitcoin and he has a sticker outside his place. And so when I pay him, I'll pay him like on my through through Lightning, right? And then he'll ring it in on his register as cash. So his and that goes right to his his uh, accountant. So so the, the accountant sort of sees it, but he has he, he needs to have the cash to cover it because I paid him in lightning. Either that or he would have to trade it out. You know what I mean? And if that was because it's it's it only happens once in a while, like me and some a few other people that pay him that way, it's not that big a deal. But you could see how it could become problematic for a business in if it was more widely done that way. So in that way. The, from the business side, I think we need, we either need Strike or Square or something like that to be able to get their bit license. And I don't know if either one of them are even trying, because I think both of them are kind of like have an attitude like, you know, F you in a way, where I'm not doing it. I know Strike is basically like I'm not doing it. So it's sort of, we're just going to have to see what happens. But what I do see is like the people at the counter, if you want to give them a tip, right? Or, or, or people like... If you're if you want to buy a, a, a snow cone or something right on the street, like sometimes you can get somebody to one of those people to take Bitcoin or to, to tip them in Bitcoin because it, then it's like, oh, all right, I'll try this. What Dan does, what's crazy, <laughs> he'll 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 have them loaded up and then he'll put it on Noster 
and like people from all over the world will just start tipping the waiter or, or the or the coffee barista and they'll have like 25 30 bucks you know like in five minutes and they're like what jack dorsey like tipped one dude one of the baristas the other day when, when me and dan were with them it was just and it was like he was like whoa so you know the those are those are the ways we're able to do it right now so i'm hoping like from i know there's like there's a hair cuttery in queens that has a sign that says um take Bitcoin and, and you can see I'm pretty due. I'm getting due. So uh, I think I might pop down there soon. And, and I could, like those other videos I did with Mr. G, right. Where, where I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, they'll do something I'll, like we'll exercise or I'll Google ride along and then we'll talk about it while we're doing it. Hopefully I'll do that. I'll get a haircut. We'll talk about Bitcoin while I cut my hair and then I'll pay him afterwards. So maybe that video will be coming out soon. So nice. that's sort of where we are that. though. Honestly, like it's, it, we're, we're not moving as fast as I hope, but, you know, we just have to see what happens with the licenses at this moment, you know, and kind of see how the next year goes. You know, New York is a, a interesting place, and I think that it's a melting pot, right? It's kind of the first place where people have all galvanized and decided to figure out how to chase the American dream. So it's kind of sad to just hear that, like, it's so, like, strict with just the way that Bitcoin is being employed. But obviously, that's probably by design that we mentioned throughout this podcast, but uh, Jesse, like if you had one call to action to give somebody about Bitcoin or just New Yorkers about Bitcoin, like what would that call to action be to kind of get them started into this journey into, um, you know, Bitcoin as a digital currency? My, my very first thing I would say for sure is stack some stats, like get a little bit, just get it. And even better, get a little bit like a, even if it's a. I usually tell people like 1% of your, whatever your paycheck is. So a dollar out of every hundred or 2%, it's like, it's a very small amount, but when you're actually putting the money in, then you start to go, why am I doing this? Or what we, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. And that's cause, cause it, it's like, then you're emotionally tied to it in a lot of ways. You know, when they say time is money, time is the ultimate like value, right? Time is the thing. Yeah. And, and all money is, is a representation of, of work you did in time. You know what I mean? Like you get paid these greenbacks because I spent an hour like doing something for somebody, you know, or, or a week. And, and that's where I, so when I look at a stack of like, you know, 500 bucks that I made, you know, from, a, from a whole week of work or something, I put that in the Bitcoin and, and it goes down or goes up, you know, it, it really means something. Cause that represents a week of my life. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, that's, I would say the biggest call to action I would say is to start stacking sats, get a little bit, just even a dollar's worth, buy it on Cash App, make it real, real simple. And if you're someone who's already into Bitcoin, then just try to tip your barista, try to tip your waiter, try to tip, you know, if, you, if you're buying something on the street, from street food, see, see if you can give them to take Bitcoin, you know? The, the people are, people are, it's, it's, in, it's becoming way more like sort of mainstreamed, the, like the word. So when you mention it, actually, even a year ago, I, I was on the street, just sort of randomly talk. I think I was putting up posters or something. And someone literally said, what's Bic? Like they had never even heard the word. And they were a young person, like in their 20s. So we're still very, very early. That's crazy that they haven't heard about Bitcoin, especially being, you know, so in, in the technology space and just everything is social media and the digital cell phone. I talk about that all the time, how. Um, the cell phone has kind of transcended putting up flyers and kind of like evangelizing because you can just grab everything in a, in a condensed manner right off your cell phone. But 
Um, Jesse, this Bitcoin conversation has been awesome. I'm super excited for all of your endeavors. You know, Dr. Orange Pill is like one of my favorite channels to look at on YouTube. You know, people go out, subscribe to that channel, please um, support my brother here, Jesse, and even Bitprov. Like I can see big things happening for that space. And I think that that's only going to continue to grow because as other comics that are hungry, trying to get into the space, it's all about incentives, right? I think once comics realize like, hey, if I can get paid in Bitcoin and do comedy, the incentive is way bigger than, you know, trying to get a special or something on Netflix where um, it's decentralized. So you're not going to get the Dave Chappelle backlash, like whatever your, 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 you know, whatever your jokes are written about. If you're being paid in Bitcoin, no one can cut you off from your from your money, from your bag. So I think Bitprov is super, super genius and I fully support it and I want to thank you. But before we go, Jesse, can you give people your social media handles and any last words that you might want the audience to hear about before we go? Yeah, sure. It's, it's mostly Dr. Orange Pill. So I'm on Noster. So definitely go to there. Uh, verified by Harlem Bitcoin. That's me. Uh, it's Dr. Orange Pill at Dr. Orange Pill on you know Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, but with uh, and TikTok, but with uh, with Twitter, this Dr. Underscore Orange Pill because I couldn't get the the whole thing. And then me personally on bit on Twitter is Bitcoin J E S C. So um, yeah, but just look up Dr. Orange Pill or go to the website. There's links on there too, and uh, you know. So, and thank you, man. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for setting this up for, to talking to me, but just doing it generally. I mean, it's really cool that you talk to people that we don't always get to hear from, right? And and hearing from like normal, average, like Bitcoiners sort of in a way, or people that are just kind of like doing stuff in the space that aren't like, you know, the Michael Saylors and the, you know, the, you know, which we love, we love them all, but uh, it's nice to hear some, some other voices too. So thank you, Dolly, for doing that. All right, Jesse, have a good one. Oh,